Hi everyone, this is your Digital Media Geekers and I'm back with my next episode. In today's episode, I'm going to be interviewing Candice Williams. She is a certified anesthesiologist and pain specialist, the president of Pre-Medical Consultants and Medical School at Los Angeles, USA. She is an expert speaker, writer and disability reviewer. Her interests are into coaching and mentoring pre-medical students and residents, giving career advice with their goals of increasing enrollment in medical training. Well, hi Candice, I'm very glad to be hosting you in my show today. Hi, I'm Candice Williams, anesthesiologist and pain management specialist from Los Angeles, California. I'm a pre-medical coach and medical student coach for students who want to apply and get into medical school as well as match into residency in the United States. It's my pleasure to be here to share some insights with you today and I'm just excited to talk with you. I recently finished my book, Pre-Med to Med, How to Get into Medical School as a Non-Traditional Applicant, and I'm really excited about this book release. I've always wanted to write a book for pre-medical students from the perspective of someone who's been in their shoes, and I'm just excited that this has finally come out. So thanks for having me. The pleasure is mine, Candice, and congratulations on your book launch as well. So Candice, what do you wish you had known when you had started out in your career? to be a um, pre-medical student at UC Berkeley, I really wished I knew that I didn't have to have everything figured out right away. Uh, being pre-med, going to medical school, becoming a physician, that whole process was just so long, so daunting, and I had people along the way that were more than willing and eager to help me, but it was such a scattered process and I wish I also knew the value of getting more mentorship and or more coaching through the process to make it easier, to make it streamlined and to get perspectives from people who had already been through the journey that I was getting ready to embark on. Before I started my consulting practice, I really wish that I had someone there to let me know how important social media would play a role in what I was trying to do. I had this, um, these thoughts about consulting with pre-med students and helping them on their medical journey, also medical students trying to match um, for a residency, but I didn't really know how to get the word out. I wasn't sure where these students were online, and it put me kind of behind the curve on things, and I wish I would have known how to go about finding who my audience was and where they were in order to... I get a jump start on getting the word out about my services. That's interesting, Candice. And so what exactly are you curious about right now in your journey? Training has taken me through the journey of becoming a practicing anesthesiologist and also a pain management specialist, working in hospitals, working in different practice settings. And now I'm transitioning to becoming a pre-medical coach and author. So what I do is that I help medical medical students uh, try to match residency. And I also help pre-medical students uh, get into medical school. And I streamline the process for both sets of students. And why that is a passion for me is because I just didn't have that type of help when I was applying. And I remember how difficult it was to traverse uh, the different hurdles. Admissions to medical school has a number of different hurdles, including 
studying for the MCAT, which is the medical college admissions test, uh, learning how to properly fill out an AMCAS application. And that application has so many components, including personal statements and other statements that talk about uh, what experiences are important to you and why you want to be a physician. And so my goal in my coaching practice is to help students uh, kind of traverse these hurdles in the way that um, helps them best and streamlines streamlines the process for them. Um, I also have some other passions that include music. I've always been a musician my whole life and playing piano, um, playing Hammond organ, which is an electric organ, and making music as a songwriter and producer has been important to me throughout the journey. Um, it's just taken this long to go through all of the training and practicing for a number of years to get to the point where I can start to spend more time on my music. So by being a pre-medical coach and by helping medical students, this has somewhat freed me up to also be able to transition into more music making. Um, my book, which I recently authored, I'm really excited about, it's called Pre-Med to Med, How to Get into Medical School as a Non-Traditional Student. And non-traditional students are those who don't apply to U.S. medical schools right away. Um, any student that has taken uh, extra time to apply a year or more, or any student that comes to the conclusion that they want to be a physician after having another career. And so... Now, my focus is to try to help students who want to transition into the medical field, particularly to become a physician after they've already had careers, perhaps as a nurse or physician assistant, or after it's taken them some time when they have to fix their grades or do what's called post-baccalaureate programs. And those are programs that help you improve your grades before applying to medical school. So those are the projects and some of the things that I'm working on, and I'm really excited about the release of my book. Wow. So your passion, your projects, and your thought process. You are absolutely amazing, Candice. Uh, so my next question would be, what is it that you've been always failing at? I was relaying this story to a student of mine that's a client. Just let him know that they're not the only ones to have problems in their academic records or to have problems with school. Back when I was attending UC Berkeley, I had a particular semester where I took way too many courses at the same time and tried to work. And it was just a disaster. I took biochemistry, the second half of uh, calculus, and I believe a biology course at the same time as I was trying to work at Genentech, one of the larger about tech companies in San Francisco and I would have to drive there from the East Bay and try to juggle my classes back at Berkeley and I ended up having to drop several courses the coursework didn't work out and that semester was a pivotal time for me it was a moment where I realized that something needed to change and actually my response to it was that I chose to go ahead and test into music um, for a music major and I temporarily decided to leave science and the reason I decided to go into music is because yes that's my passion but also I knew I could do better in that coursework and so I was able to skip into a spring semester in music and I was in a class I was 
singing and playing a Schubert song. And I looked over and saw another student's book and she had an organic chemistry book. And it made me take pause because it helped me realize that I really just didn't have confidence in myself in terms of the sciences. I let certain failures and certain setbacks make me think that I wasn't smarter. I mean, as smart, excuse me, as the people that I was in school with. And it really was a pivotal moment where I had to ask myself, am I going to listen to all the voices that say that I shouldn't be here and the voices of what they call imposter syndrome and actual voices in person that would question me about why I was in certain classes? Or was I going to press ahead and do what I wanted to do, which was at the time I wanted to apply to medical school and become a physician and that class and seeing that person's book and understanding that they were a double major gave me the strength and fortitude to go back to a molecular biology major and I ended up completing that major successfully and gaining interest to medical school. So the whole the whole um, result of having failed and tried something was that it taught me to be more resilient, it taught me to be more resourceful and it helped clarify for me what my goals were at the time. Wow, you are really a warrior. Trust me, you are really a warrior. And I'm really amazed at your perspective. And so let's move on to our next question, Candice. Uh, is there anything I should have asked, but I didn't so far? Other failures in terms of my journey becoming a pre-medical coach. And it's been really difficult to start off well really start again I had this concept years ago and when I initially tried to start on social media I just was not wide enough with my outreach I didn't use multiple platforms and the platforms that I was on didn't match with the people who I was trying to reach so as I said before I'm trying to reach people who want help to get into medical school but it's more so targeted towards people who have taken extra time or who are coming from another um, discipline. And also, medical students who want to match into residency, whether they're U.S. medical grads or foreign, or what they call international medical grads. And so, um, I wasn't looking at where these people were on the internet. I think the that was the one biggest single change that I made in my tactics is figuring out where do these people congregate? Where do they talk to each other? How can I find some of them? And now with my restart, I won't say that I'm hugely wildly successful, but I've gained more of an audience. I've gained more clientele. I've gained more engagement on certain platforms than others. And while I still utilize multiple platforms, I'm starting to pare it down based on where I'm finding most engagement. Um, the other thing is, before, I was really ashamed about asking for pay, even though this is a paid business. And some people may say, well, why would you feel strange about asking for being uh, paid for consulting? But in the medical world, especially in academics, physicians help students in this way for free many times uh, in the U.S. We, we volunteer our time. But I'm not an academician. I'm not in an academic center. I've been in private practice my entire uh, career outside of my training. And so I've helped students ever since I got into medical school. I started mentoring and helping pre-medical students right away. And then once I got into residency, 
I started helping medical students right away. And as soon as I became an attending, I continued doing both. And I was spending so much time, effort, and energy helping individual students, but then not charging for any of my services or any of my time. And that was kind of the aha moment when I realized that um, my volunteerism was actually a business that people charge for and that people pay a pretty penny for. And so um, some of the things I've learned along the way is to learn how to ask for my price, to be firm with that, and how to find people um, on the internet, and in particular my audience, and how to use social media to market specifically to that audience. Wow, your niche, your approach, and your helping nature. I I should I really want to tell you right now that you're definitely sounding like Russell Brunson. And to our listeners who do not know who Russell Brunson is, he is the one who has founded ClickFunnels in the dot-com world. And so, Candice, let's move on to our next question, which is, um, if you could turn back the time and talk to your 18-year-old self, what would you tell yourself? I was young. I was full of angst and worry and anxiety about my future. I just was really uncertain and I lacked the confidence to do many of the things that were in my heart to do. Um, I would definitely tell myself to be more confident, to believe in myself more, to not be afraid to speak up and to ask for help when I needed help. And that applies to every area of what I was trying to do, whether it was pre-medical studies or music or musicianship, learning how to practice, learning how to play music. I wish I would have applied uh, principles that have to do with confidence and discipline in the area of music much earlier um, in my music career so that I wouldn't have to wait until now to pretty much start over and start writing songs and doing some of the things that were in my heart to do since I was a child. Um, Sometimes it's hard when you have something that's really close and near and dear to your heart uh, it's hard to overcome any kind of negative thoughts about it or things that you've been told by your family members or beliefs that you just can't do it and it, it takes sometimes a lifetime to get over these things and so for me it's been a long time coming and I'm glad I finally came out of my shell so to speak and was able to have confidence in both areas wow I, I I really can relate to what you are saying so far. I really do. And uh, let's move on to our next question. If you had 100 million pounds to spend on health tech and no red tape, how would you spend it? Wow, that's a lot of money. I'm not really sure <laughs> 100% what I would do. Um you know, there's a few things that kind of stick in my craw so to speak about practicing medicine that I would like to see fixed. Uh one thing is how to make patient communication better from it in an AI perspective or technology perspective, especially in telemedicine. Um how to work around and modify physical exam findings and maneuvers to make telemedicine be more of a useful platform. I think it's really prevalent and prominent today and becoming more in vogue especially in our times right now. 
but there has to be ways to make it more smart and more intelligent. Um, there's a number of things as an anesthesiologist that would really help, like having an effective um, aid to help with jaw thrust and other uh, maneuvers that anesthesiologists have to do by hand right now if the patient needs it. There's a few devices out on the market, but something that is autonomous where we wouldn't have to touch the patients but could perform that maneuver. Um, ways to make intubation uh, less of an aerosolized procedure. Uh, I also would like to see solutions having to do with uh, the electronic medical record and documentation because those are big things that have changed the face of medical practice as to where you're spending most of your time typing into a computer um, versus really interfacing with your patient and being face-to-face. So those are some solutions I would like to see. I would also like to see more research into healthcare disparities and more policies that basically give solutions to how to eliminate those disparities, whether they're based on socioeconomic status, race, uh, cultural differences, because this is just really a huge problem in our healthcare system and something that definitely needs to be tackled and um, taken care of as soon as possible. Wow, amazing. Amazing indeed. That was a wealth of info. And then, moving to the last question of our segment today. If in 150 years, science fails to save us and all that is left is a book about your life, what would the title be? And what would the blurb tell us about Candace Williams? Title the book, Make It Your Own. And the reason I would name it that is that in my life, I, I have had to learn how to make things tailor-made for myself um, and to make choices that would convert something that is made for someone else. Typically, the U.S. healthcare system is not typically made for underrepresented minority patients or let alone underrepresented minority women physicians. And I've had to take my medical training, all the things that I've learned, and craft it into a business and craft it into a a structure and a construct that is uniquely my own and that works for my own life. There's been a tremendous amount of things that I've learned about social media, um, different platforms, and all of this online structure that is somewhat new to me and somewhat foreign to me but I've had to also make that my own and overcome some barriers in terms of comfort level in terms of comfort zone putting myself out there a lot more than I typically wanted to do in order to get better results and so um I've I've had to just pretty much take what life has handed me and take what life has given me and mold it into something that's workable for me and for my family. I tell students and trainees all the time that it's it's fine to train as a medical doctor, it's fine to work in a hospital, it's, it's fine to work for someone else and to get up and to be there for your patients for their hours for when they want you to be there. But if you reach a point where that's not okay, you reach a point where you're not seeing your family, you're missing 
your children's first steps. You're missing um, being there with your family. You're missing interaction and you're feeling despair and you're feeling hopeless. I encourage students all the time that they have every single right to make choices that are in their best interest and they have every single right to mold and craft their medical practice in a way that works for them. For some people that means completing training. For some people that means not completing training. For some people that means completing training and going into non-clinical work and consulting, which is a choice that I made. Um, So that may look different for each and every individual, but I encourage students and trainees not to lose hope and not to feel trapped that just because the U.S. medical system works in a certain way, that doesn't mean that they have to work in that way. They don't have to let it dictate their lives. They don't have to let it take away uh, their ability to be with family, friends, and loved ones and to have balance in their life. One of the things I fought for um, the whole time was basically fighting for the ability to be able to be creative, to write songs, to make music, because that's what really makes my heart happy. And it took all those years of, of training and sacrificing to understand that when, whenever I would reach a point where I couldn't do music, play music, play piano, um, I was really seriously depressed and I just didn't understand that correlation of things until I, I was able to pick it back up actually took piano lessons from a legendary piano player that was my idol piano player and I was able to start making music on my own and able to get my ideas out there and I was able to see some improvement and so it, it truly is a testament to gaining confidence to trying new things and or to um, taking away the status quo so, you know, I refuse to, you know, get up and work for a, a paycheck and or have that stability. But then on the other hand, you know, I have the freedom to pursue the things that are in my heart to pursue and the things that make me smile at the end of the day and that, that keep my family and myself happy, whole and balanced. So, yes, I, you know, the story of my life is, is basically understanding that I don't have to take what everybody else says I have to do for an answer and that I can craft something that's unique, that's different, but that is wholly reflective of of my goals, my dreams, and my aspirations. And I'm grateful that I've reached that point that I was able to break away from what everyone else was telling me I had to do in order to be successful. So true, Candice. Dreams, goals, and aspirations. That is what we are all here for. And testing, trying, testing, trying. That's what we pretty much do on social media platforms, in our routine life, in our professional lives as well. So I completely agree with what you had to say. Thank you so much for having me on your podcast. Again, I'm grateful to have talked about all these things and my pre-medical and medical student coaching services and um i'm just excited to have authored my book finally and excited to uh, work on the release of my upcoming albums which are inspirational songs and healing songs uh there's there's songs to promote 
rest and relaxation, meditation and healing. So thank you so much for this opportunity. Thank you so much, Candice. The pleasure was mine to have hosted you on my episode today. And I hope that our listeners today would have got a wealth of info from a medical practitioner. Thank you so much for everything. So listeners, until my next episode, have a great day. Bye-bye.